ventilation. This is 7 Minutes of BS. Building science with a beat. I'm Dan Morrison, editor of Pro Tradecraft. Mechanical ventilation is the intentional addition of fresh air into the living space for occupant health and comfort. And that is Jonathan Smeagol of RDH Building Science Laboratories. Fresh air in a house is very important for the health of the pets and peeps who live there. It also plays a key role in comfort, which translates to fewer complaints for everyone. Commercially, it involves productivity, but let's go back to the first one, health. Ventilation cleans the air of pollutants. Whether they're gaseous, organic, particulate, they could just be odors. They don't need to be harmful, but they could just be odors that are, you know, annoying to the occupants. So I used to have this dog who was half Great Dane, and she was a very gaseous pooch. And other irritants. It can add to the comfort, if it's done correctly, of the, of the occupants. Mostly with respect to the interior relative humidity levels, you find that if they get to be extremely low or extremely high, the occupants aren't as comfortable. And adequate ventilation also boosts office productivity. Maybe not so much residential, but in offices, productivity is linked to the ventilation and the indoor air quality. People who can breathe clean air are more productive than people who breathe dirty air. Go figure. Back in the olden days, ventilation was a completely different problem. Used to be houses were too leaky. That's one reason they invented wallpaper. Fresh air in houses was taken care of by the fact that the enclosure was incredibly leaky. But as we've tightened building enclosures, the ventilation problem has flipped. At the end, Jonathan's going to talk about how tight is too tight, but now we'll look at how leaky is just right. ASHRAE 62.1 and ASHRAE 62.2 will tell a builder or an HVAC designer how much ventilation is required in either single family residential or in commercial buildings. The American Society of Heating, Refrigerating and Air Conditioning Engineers has determined how big the holes should be and how many of them are required. And that depends on the building size and the number of people who live there. The three most common ways to ventilate a building are either to have exhaust-only ventilation, supply-only ventilation, or balanced ventilation. Blow out, suck in, or breathe. Exhaust-only ventilation is probably the most typical, and you see it in a lot of residential buildings that have continuously operated bathroom exhaust fans. In a exhaust-only ventilation system, there's a constant or often a constant negative pressure on the building, and they are blowing air out of the building and consequently drawing air in in other locations. One of the biggest challenges with the exhaust-only ventilation system is that you don't usually know where the air is coming from. But you do know that it's coming from some dirty crevice full of mouse poop and fiberglass dust. It's not often a good idea to breathe the air that comes through the enclosure. You never know what's in there. The advantage of uh, exhaust-only ventilation is that it is simple and often quite cost-effective and does provide some amount of mixing uh, for a relatively low price. Unfortunately, there's no energy recovery available on exhaust-only ventilation. And if you get too much exhausting, you can start to risk backdrafting other uh, appliances. He's talking about you, commercial range hood in a residential kitchen. He knows you suck kittens across the floor. You need to supply a specific source of makeup air for that so that you don't start 
pulling air down through chimneys or through uh, gas-powered appliances. Which is worse than sucking kittens across the floor. It actually sucks combustion gases, which kill people, down the chimney and into the living space. So yeah, way worse than sucking kittens. In supply only, it's basically the opposite. You have fans that blow air into your building. Called supply fans. And it forces air out some of the spots in the enclosure. I've seen a couple different examples. In the simplest form, it is literally just a pipe that uh, isn't really connected to anything. It allows for natural mixing. It might be into the area with the return for the furnace, or they often can be piped right into the ductwork of the HVA system, and then it's filtered and conditioned um, and then distributed to the house. The main downside to pressurizing the house is that during cold weather, this can cause moisture to build up inside the wall cavities. And if we start blowing warm, moist air out through the enclosure in a, in a cold climate, we might end up with condensation and moisture issues. Which can lead to BMR. So that's probably the biggest risk of supply-only ventilation. Bugs, mold, and rot. In balanced ventilation, um, you try to avoid putting uh, pressures on the enclosure. So the air that you have coming into the building as fresh air is balanced by air leaving the building. Most often that's done with either an HRV, a heat recovery ventilator, or an ERV, uh, an enthalpy recovery ventilator. Okay, so most people call them energy energy recovery ventilators. Engineers sometimes like to be more precise. Enthalpy, according to Google, means a thermodynamic quantity equivalent to the total heat content of a system. It's equal to the internal energy of the system plus the product of pressure and volume. I don't even know what that means, so let's just call it an ERV and avoid the whole discussion. The disadvantage of those systems is that they're often more expensive, they're often more difficult to install, but the advantages are they're balanced, so you don't get pressures on the enclosure. They can be very effective uh, in providing fresh air. And they can be very energy efficient. By recovering the heat that you're exhausting into your fresh air, you can reduce the amount of energy required to condition the air once it gets into the building. Okay, hold on to your ponchos, because now we're going to talk about how tight is right and how tight is wrong. Historically, buildings could be ventilated just by the virtue that they were leaky enough that air would pass to the enclosure in both directions. You get mixing of interior and exterior air. But as we move towards more airtight, energy efficient buildings, we require more ventilation uh, intentionally of outdoor air because we don't get as much mixing across the enclosure. It is important to make your to make buildings as airtight as possible. I, I don't think it's um, possible to make a building too airtight. You just need to be able to add the ventilation that's required for the occupants um, when your building gets more airtight. By, by having a, an airtight building, you can have control over where that ventilation air comes from. And so it's no longer coming through your enclosure walls and through the dust and dirt and debris and whatever else you have in your walls during construction that's been there for 20 years. So that was kind of a bait and switch. I made you think he was going to say there is such a thing as too tight but he didn't. He did say there's such a thing as underventilated. So you're not breathing your walls anymore. And there's your bottom line. Walls are meant for holding up roofs, not filtering air. Now you know a little more about mechanical ventilation, which is good because you get paid for what you do and what you know. One thing you can do to know more is to subscribe to this podcast through iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. 7 Minutes of BS is a production of the SGC Horizon Media Network.